On December 21st at 8.48 a.m., the sun had a lazy morning, then got a late start before setting early. This was the shortest day of the year, the winter solstice. From coast to coast to coast, you're listening to Terra Informa. You're listening, you're listening. You're listening. to Terra Informa. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Hannah Cunningham. And I'm Elizabeth Dowdell. And we'll be your hosts for the next half hour of environmental news and stories and ideas. This is our last episode of 2020 and maybe ever. No, I'm kidding. But really, what a year it has been. Before we start our episode, we would like to acknowledge that we are situated on Treaty 6, the historic and present territory of Cree, Métis, Blackfoot, Dene, and many other First Peoples that live and gather here. While we reflect on the past year, we invite you to think about how you have been living with treaty and your relationship with the people who have called this land home for time immemorial. This week, we're taking a look back at the past year to talk about the light and dark, both literally and figuratively. We'll start by exploring the meaning and significance of the winter solstice. But we also want to inspire you with something bright. To give us some year-end perspective, we'll share a poem about the overlooked and often unloved members of the animal kingdom. We'll leave you with the Terra Informa crew reflecting on some small moments of light and gratitude from the past year, saying goodbye to 2020 and looking forward with hope to 2021. Sadly, we won't be catching you for a couple of weeks because our crew is taking a break to unwind, reflect, and recharge. While we're away, we'll be airing some standout episodes from 2019 and have another guest episode from our friends at Beyond Blathers. We'll meet you with brand new content in February 2021. Enough about the future, though. Let's get this episode started and talk about the The darkness. darkness. What better way to reflect on the dark than by exploring the darkest day of the year? On December 21st, the winter solstice occurred, the shortest day of the year. In Edmonton, the sun rose at 8.48 a.m. and set at 4.16 p.m. In total, we had just 7 hours and 28 minutes of daylight. While this was the shortest day of the year across the Northern Hemisphere, across the Southern Hemisphere the summer solstice was taking place. To avoid any confusion, the terms June and December solstice are sometimes used instead of the seasonal summer and winter solstice. So what exactly is a solstice? Let's break down the celestial science. Most of us know the Earth rotates around the sun with each rotation taking just over 365 days. What you might not know is that the Earth's axis of rotation is actually tilted by about 24 degrees. This means as we rotate or orbit around the sun over the course of the year, certain parts of the Earth are pointed towards the sun while other parts are pointed away from the sun. We perceive this difference as the seasons. 
at what we consider the start of our rotation around the sun, the northern hemisphere is pointed away from the sun. So here in Alberta, we get less sunlight, it's colder, and we experience winter. In the middle of our rotation, around June 21st, we move to the other side of the sun. We get sunshine, warm weather, and our summer. So why is the Earth's axis tilted? We don't know exactly, but one common theory is that millions of years ago, as the solar system was forming, something or some things very big hit the Earth, moving the whole planet so the axis of rotation for the Earth was no longer perpendicular to the rotation of the Sun. Another characteristic of the solstice is revealed in its name. Solstice is a combination of the Latin words sol, which means the sun, and sister, which means to stand still. The term solstice, or sun standing still, refers to the pathway the sun takes. You might have noticed this yourself. In summer, the sun rises in the east and by noon appears to be directly above you, casting no shadow, and then sets in the west. During the winter, the sun rises, but never climbs high enough to shine directly above us. Instead, the sun stays quite close to the horizon in the south. This is because the northern hemisphere is tilted away from the sun. During the winter solstice, if you go outside at noon uh, and look down, you would see that this tilt means your shadow is the tallest it will be at noon on any day of the year. The tilt of the earth also means that places closer to the equator have far less dramatic changes in daylight from season to season. Singapore, which is less than 150 kilometers from the equator, has a difference of about nine minutes between their longest and shortest days. In Edmonton, this year, between our longest day on June 20th and the shortest day on December 21st, there was a 10 hour and 25 minute difference in daylight. In polar communities like Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, located inside the Arctic Circle, residents will receive no sunlight. This is called polar night, an experience where the sun's disk does not go over the horizon for more than 24 hours. Depending how far north you are, polar night can last for months. At the very north pole, the location of Santa's toy factory, unionize the elves. The sun sets during the autumnal equinox and does not rise again until the vernal or spring equinox six months later. The winter solstice also marks the first day of winter. Now you might be saying, but Hannah, it's been winter for months. To which I would say, stop talking to the radio. This show is not interactive and I cannot hear you. <laughs> so solstice is the beginning of astronomical winter, which is a little different from meteorological winter, which is based on temperature conditions. Astronomical winter will continue until March 21st, the vernal or spring equinox. This is the day when we have approximately equal amounts of day and night. In Edmonton, that's about 12 hours of each. This year, we got to experience another remarkable astronomical event, the Great Conjunction. Conjunction, 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 conjunction. This may sound like the title of an impenetrably dense sci-fi novel, but the term actually refers to a relatively rare occurrence where the planets of Jupiter and Saturn appear right next to each other in the night sky. Some people have called the Great Conjunction the Christmas Star, which is a terrible name because it's actually two planets, but it's 2020, so you do you. While Jupiter and Saturn appear in conjunction once every 20 years or so, this year they appeared very close together. 
closer than they have in over 400 years. And they lined up a night for the first time in 800 years. But it's 2020. So if you were looking at the sky on the longest night of the year in Edmonton, you would have noticed it was mostly cloudy. Even if you missed the great Christmas star planet conjunction, we hope you did have something to celebrate during the solstice. The winter solstice has its own history of cultural significance. In ancient Rome, this time of year was the carnival-like festival of Saturnalia. Named after the god of the harvest, Saturnalia was a seven-day holiday where no business could be done, people ate together, and friends and family would exchange gifts. Sounds familiar, no? History suggests way back in the day, Pope Julius I formalized the recognition of the birth of Jesus Christ on December 25th to provide a Christian alternative to Saturnalia and encourage the masses to convert to Christianity. The proximity of the two holidays meant Christmas slowly started incorporating the festivities of Saturnalia, leading to the jolly occasion familiar to us today. Later in the Roman Empire, solstice festivals would be held for the birth of Sol Invictus, translated as the Unconquered Sun, who was the official sun god under decree of Emperor Aurelian. Across the Eurasian landmass in China, solstice marks the festival of Dongshu. The origins of Dongshu are related to the philosophy of yin and yang, or harmony and balance. During the solstice, the darkest day, the negative yin energy is at its peak. Yet, Dongchu is a celebration, an acknowledgement that after the solstice, positive yang energy will begin to grow again as days get longer and summer approaches. These celebrations during the darkest day of the year can be interpreted as the powerful optimism of humans. A belief that as things get bad, dark, and cold, we need to hold steady, waiting for the sun to rise again. It's a belief that many of us, including those on the Terranforma team, could use a reminder of. It has definitely been a dark year for environmental and other news. But despite it being a hard time now, the sun will rise again. Planet Earth will continue to spin. While the sun's rotation is a promise, Hope needs to be tempered with resolve. If we want to have a brighter future for ourselves and those yet to come, it'll be made on the effort of us today, fighting for human well-being and a better environment. While none of us can do it all, we can all do something. So hold steady and take care. You're listening to Terra Informa. This week, for our final episode of 2020, we're using the winter solstice as a contrived metaphor to talk about the dark and bright moments of the year. Even in the darkest days, we can still find things to love and appreciate. We asked the Terra Informers to tell us a little bit about their favorite moments of the year and what they are grateful for in 2020. Before we hear those reflections, we wanted to inspire the team with a poem about some of the critters and crawlers that we often take for granted. Being thankful and thinking about all the ways that we are connected to each other and the planet are some of the vibes we want to end the year with. So here's Andrea Miller reciting Praise Song for the Unloved Animals, written by Margaret Renkel. Praise 
Sing, O muse, of the lumbering opossum, of the nearsighted, stumbling opossum, whose only defenses are a hiss, a hideous scowl, and a rank scent emitted in terror. Let us rejoice in the pink-nosed, pink-fingered opossum, her silvery pouch full of babies, each no bigger than a honeybee. May your young thrive to ride upon your back. May they fatten and grow large and stumble off on their own to devour cockroaches and carrion and venomous snakes. May their snuffling root out all of the ticks in our yards and all of the snails in our flower beds. When they faint in the face of marauding dogs, we call back our baying hounds and wait for them to wake. We cheer when they rise and shake themselves. We send them with our blessings as they blunder back into the night. Let peals of gratitude ring out for the glossy vulture, soarer of air currents, eater of gore. We gaze in wonder at your distant perfection, mistaking you for creatures we thoughtlessly love much more, for eagles or hawks or ospreys, Stolid in our heavy human bones, we follow you with our eyes, watching as you barely shift the angle of your wings to bank and glide, to circle and circle again. May we remember in your circling the cycle you complete. On the ground, something is suffering. Something is coming near to the end of its time among us but its life is not ending. Its life can never end. You are turning its body into something beautiful. Blood and feathers and hollow bones. Earthbound no longer, the dead are rising again in you. Rising and rising, lifted on air. In summer, we consider the wine of the mosquito, the secrecy of the spider, the temper of the wasp. Who among us could love you? Who could love even one of you? Bearing your poisons and your pain into the heavy summertime air? We could. We could love you if we remind ourselves that no creature is made up only of poison, that no life is only a source of irritation or pain. We could love the mosquitoes for feeding the chittering chimney swifts, wheeling in the sunset, for feeding the tree swallows, flying low over the lake at dusk. We could love the spider for spinning the silk that holds together the moss of the hummingbird's nest, the silk that stretches as the baby birds grow. We could love the wasp for eating the caterpillars that eat the tomato plants. We could love you all if only we remembered the tree swallows and the hummingbirds. If only we remembered the taste of homegrown tomatoes still warm from the sun. On endless summertime evenings, on cool and generous summertime evenings, let us speak kindly of the red bat, the homely little bat with the smushed face and the hairless infants clinging to her fur by teeth and thumb and feet. In daylight, she dangles one-footed from a tree branch, masquerading as a dead leaf. 
At nightfall, she unfolds her canny wings and skitters to her work, sweeping through the skies, circling under streetlights, clearing the air of moths whose larvae eat our trees, sweeping up all the whining, stinging creatures we swat at in the dark. Behold the rat snake gliding silently through the nighttime weeds. Behold the sleek skin, cool but not damp, and the clever darting tongue, sniffing out the contours of the world. Watch as she finds the crack under the tool shed door. Understand that she is finding, too, the tiny bald mice in the corner of a drawer full of painting rags. The tiny blind mice hidden in the soft remains of ancient bedsheets fall into ruin. Pity the young of the poor field mouse, born for just this purpose. Always there are mice. More mice than the world could ever hold, if not for a system that includes this beautiful, sinewy creature, this silent celebration of muscle and grace, this serpent serving our uses, but too often coming to a brutal end at the end of a hoe. World, world, forgive our ignorance and our foolish fears. Absolve us of our anger and our error. In your boundless gift for renewal, disregard our undeserving. For no reason but the hope that one day we will know the beauty of unloved things, stoop to accept our unuttered thanks. Hello, listeners. This is Sonic Patel. For me, following the news and current events in 2020 has been challenging and overwhelming and frequently panic-inducing. A lot of that has been COVID-related news, and quite a bit of it has been other things. And as I've often found many times in the past, solace is in the little things. For me, this year, it's been spending more time at home with the non-human members of my family, including a new addition from just a few weeks ago. It's been spending time with my friends and family and those I'm closest to, sometimes remotely and sometimes from a distance. It's been biking around my neighborhood and smaller moments of self-reflection. And these moments have been a good reminder in such scary and uncertain times that I don't always need to be looking at the big picture. Sometimes it's okay to just focus on the little details. And when the world feels like it's getting too big and too scary to make it small again, to focus on the things that I care about and what I'm passionate about and hope that we can do something to make the world a little bit better. This has been Sonic Patel delivering the most cliched reflection of this episode. Signing off for 2020. Take care. Hello, everyone. This is Hannah Cunningham. And when I was thinking about the darker parts of this year, 
which I think has made up a lot of the year, there were definitely parts where I felt down and sad and anxious, absolutely. But for a lot of it, I felt like I was sort of just numb, which doesn't feel good either. So for this year's wrap up, I was thinking of all the things that help bring me out of that numb feeling, the things that make me smile, and the things that just make the day-to-day easier. Because I think this year, anything that just makes your day a little bit easier is something worth celebrating. So some of the things I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for my rescue dog, Olive, and I'm super grateful for every time we walk past another dog in a chill and successful way. I'm grateful for the way that the sunshine hits my wall just right in the mornings. It makes working from home just a little bit nicer. I'm grateful that I did lots of running for fun this year. And I'm almost kind of grateful that I didn't succeed in any of my big running goals this year because I'm feeling really excited for next year. I'm grateful that I have a living space that is actually pretty okay to isolate in. I'm grateful that we're on the other side of this winter solstice by the time I'm recording this now. I'm grateful that I have people I care about enough to really worry over. I'm grateful for that moment on sunny days when all the birds start chattering and get really loud. I'm grateful for the Merlin that I see sitting on top of our backyard tree sometimes, even when it leaves evidence of pigeon meals on our sidewalks. I'm grateful for the neighborhood stray cats and the kittens that they bring inside to my neighbor's house. And I'm maybe the most grateful for my friends, my family, and the Terran Informers who have become a very grounding presence in this crazy year. I hope that you've had some moments like this that made your 2020 just a little bit easier or made you smile. And I hope that we got a lot more of those going into next year. Stay safe, everyone. To put it lightly, 2020 has been a roller coaster. It has radically shifted the ways in which I think about space and time. When things slowed to a halt in March, we spent almost every morning wrapped in jackets and blankets, reading in the sun with our deck chairs planted in a foot of snow. I spent a lot of time watching how the light reflected off of a patch of ice, listening to which birds had returned from their winter homes, to remind me the seasons would still shift and time would continue moving no matter what. After I got laid off, I took a lot of walks through my neighborhood. I learned where the best view of the river valley was, found the hangout spots of pileated woodpeckers, and watched the ice flow on the North Saskatchewan River melt away. When summer buds arrived, I spent time looking at the city, canoeing down the river, spotting widgeons and mallards floating beside me. With the pandemic disrupting gatherings, it seemed as though everyone was finding solace in being outside, walking or cycling 
or just hanging six feet apart from their pals. I had and still have a lot of fear around the uncertainty of the future. Being able to take big, deep breaths of fresh air when my head wants to implode reminds me that I am here, alive. I am so thankful for this luxury in a time when COVID and police violence have taken that from so many. Every breath a reminder to keep fighting for justice. As this year comes to a close, my wish for you is that you will get outside. Yes, uh, even in the winter. Bundle up, go for a walk, and practice noticing all of the things around you. Close your eyes and listen to wind, to the sound of your shoes crunching through the snow. Happy solstice, dear listeners. From me, Charlotte Thomason, to you. Hello, listeners. This is Andrea Miller. For me, this year began with friends gathered together for a New Year's Eve celebration. It's a fond memory of togetherness and light that I think back to often now. But as I reflect on this year of loss and change, the times where I most felt joy are the quiet, everyday moments. The pandemic arrived in a blur, and suddenly we were confronted with how untethered life outside our four walls had been. With it began roommate movie marathons and ordering in from our favorite restaurants. I would spend late spring afternoons walking the trails of the nearby ravine, joined by the other remote workers and their dogs, and once a porcupine. The summer brought long walks along the characterful streets of our neighborhood, admiring our favorite facades and the dreamiest front yards in bloom, and we would spend hours sprawled in the sun on our front porch, visiting with friends from a safe distance. These were the moments of connection and light from this year. As fall approached, I moved to reconnect with family, and I was apprehensive about losing the light and warmth of the summer I braced myself for the impending darkness and isolation of spending winter in my new environment. But although the suburban streets are not quite as picturesque, my daily walks are still a part of my routine. My backyard is a haven for house finches, chickadees and woodpeckers. Red squirrels dart back and forth along the fence line, often with a meal between their teeth. These daily moments of observing my local wildlife are a small reminder to take each day as it comes, to turn inward, planning for the future, and for brighter, warmer days ahead. Listeners, I am wishing the same for you and your loved ones. Take care. Thanks to our pals on the Terra Informa team for being a bright spot in our week all year long. That's all the time we have for this week's episode and for 2020. We've been your hosts, Hannah Cunningham and Elizabeth Dowdell. Thanks for listening to this episode. 
The next few weeks, we'll be re-airing some of our older episodes and have a special guest feature from the Beyond Blathers podcast. We'll catch you in February for some brighter days and brand new content. Terra Informa is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM, and all our content is created by a team of volunteers. This episode was written by Elizabeth Dowdell and Sonic Patel. Production was done by Elizabeth Dowdell and Andrea Miller. Special thanks to all our wonderful contributors this year for being part of the show. If you're interested in joining the Terra Informa team, send an email to terra at cjsr.com and tell us a little bit about yourself. Also, check out our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Terra Informa. And for previous episodes, check out our website at terrainforma.ca. We'll catch you next year, right here on Terra Informa. Beautiful.